Southeastern Bow Hunter Podcast. Hey guys, it's JD with Southeastern Bow Hunter Podcast. You ever get bored like I do in the middle of the night watching YouTube? Trying to figure out which broadhead flies the best, which one penetrates the best, different arrows, different bows, different bow speeds, all that kind of stuff. Go check out Chest Stumper Outdoors. Not only does he have some good hunting footage, he also does amazing broadhead reviews and arrow reviews and bow reviews and stuff like that. He goes to all the different trade shows and tests out all the bows right there on camera. He also does the Mountain Archery Fest. So give him a check. That's again, Chest Thumper Outdoors. Go give him a good listen. Go watch his videos. Some amazing content. What's going on, guys? Episode 40 of Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. And man, this one was a fun, fun episode. Uh, We've had a lot of stuff going on lately. Things have been really hectic, but, you know, we're still pushing them out, getting it done. And, um, you know, we had the guys from Scout Tech on in this episode, and they are a part of a trail camera company. Uh, It's like software. They sell a um, solar panel. You know, they're really cool guys. We had a great time uh, talking with them, hanging out. And, you know, we actually met Ryan at the World Deer Expo. I mentioned that in the podcast episode. And, uh, you know, it, Ryan's a good dude. It, it was a good time. Everybody had a blast, you know, when we met them and when we did the episode. Um, this weekend, this coming weekend on August 13th, we have the Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast first annual shoot. Uh, me and JD and everybody else are going to be going to a local 3D range and we are going to be shooting 3D, practicing, getting everything's re- you know everything ready for uh, deer season. You know I've got some Black Eagle arrows coming from Chest Thumper Outdoors. Thank you, Trent. <laughs> and uh, you know it's I'm really excited. Season's coming up. Go find those feed trees. Go put in mock scrapes. Go get your cameras put out. If you don't have a Scout Tech, go get a Scout Tech. Um, yeah, man. It's you know time's flying by and things are really starting to move. We've got all have. A bunch of big bucks on camera and i'm very excited for this season uh before we get started got to do the ads summit tree stands man go to summitstands.com save 15 percent with our code sebh15 that saves you 15 percent site-wide on all products uh whether it's a tree stand climbing sticks climber stand accessories whatever you need it's it you know summit is a great brand and i'm very happy that they uh you know, support the podcast the way they do and, you know, go check them out, man. It helps us. It helps them. So we really appreciate it. Uh, we got another one. It is Urban Archery Outfitters and Thrill the Outdoors. There's a lot of things coming down the pipeline with them. We've been working with them a lot. Uh, every day it feels like I'm talking with Chris about, you know, new things we can do and how to, you know, make things better, how to grow both um, our, you know, our brand, their brand, um, also go check out Southern Bones Outdoors. It's Chris's YouTube channel. Um, it's him and all his, you know, a few family members, some buddies. It's a great, great YouTube channel. They're all awesome guys. And, you know, I'm really happy that we get to be able to call them friends. Um, you know, enough about ad stuff, man. Let's just get started with Scout Tech.
All right, guys, we got everybody from uh, Scout Tech here today. And man, I'm excited about this episode. It's going to be really good. We met Ryan up at the uh, World Deer Expo this past weekend. And dude is awesome. The product is awesome. Man, what's going on, guys? Hey, man, thanks for having us. Yeah, I know I met you guys this past week and I kind of lost my voice. I'm slowly getting it back, but that's why I had Wayne and Kevin here doing the <laughs> podcast with me in case I got hoarse again. Hey, we can at least hear you now. Yeah, yeah. Right. here, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting to know you guys better. And uh, let's do this. Absolutely. Nice to meet uh, I'm Kevin. We're uh, me and Ryan are brothers. In case y'all didn't know, and Wayne is Wayne is our dad. Uh, me and Wayne started Scout Tech back in 2017. So, nice, oh wow. Nice. So, you know what is Scout Tech? Because the people listening, you know, they may not know about y'all. They may not really be into it as deep as we are. Um, so can y'all like kind of tell us what it is, how y'all got started with it, what made you do it, just kind of the whole deal? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So, so in general, you know, Scout Tech, we've kind of operated behind the scenes a little bit. We are more of a tech company. If you want to think of it that way, we're more into software and just very generally speaking, you know, we've developed a software system that integrates with cellular trail cameras. So what the end result would look like as a customer, you would buy any one of the brands that we've worked with, which we can talk about in a minute. And uh, you buy their cell camera. And when you go to activate it, you download the Scout Tech mobile app. And so you use Scout Tech to, you know, activate your cameras, view your trail camera photos and, you know, interact with your camera and all that that's essentially where where we're at in the, in the whole space is more of the software end of things for for these cell cameras but um okay so so it's not like a most of your other cameras out there that are locked down to their own software you're a software provide for multiple cameras correct correct yeah okay yeah and, okay. and that was actually one of our motives in starting scout tech um I had actually kind of got my feet wet doing mobile development for the Spartan camera. Um, I helped them. I developed the initial uh, mobile app for them. And um, since then, one of the things we as hunters uh, grew up, we realized that anytime you get a, a different camera, every camera has to come with its a different app and different yeah. data plans and different. And yeah. so it kind of, if you're ever a member of hunting club or you've used cameras for very long, everybody has multiple brands of cameras. And so yeah. one of the things we realized is that can be hard to manage after a while. So um, we wanted to accomplish several things here. One was, for the actual hunter themselves to be able to give them a central application, a central mobile app to be able to run multiple brands of cameras and manage all those cameras all with the same app. And so you can see all the photos from all the different cameras using our one Scout Tech app. Um, so that That's was awesome. one of the big things. And, and probably the second uh, goal that we had was we got to know a lot of people in the industry that built trail cameras but they didn't know how to get into the cellular industry because when right. you're just working with a manufacturer they can build like the standard non-cellular cameras and you can just get your product and sell it and that's it 
but when you get that's what I got as a non I got a non fill. (laughs) Yeah, when you get into cell cameras, it changes things because you got to be able to interface with carriers like Verizon or AT and T. You need to be able to know how to do software development, and we just kind of saw a lack of quality apps in the industry as a whole back when we started, and so we kind of wanted to, you know, put more emphasis on the app and make quality apps and help those companies that had trail cameras but didn't know how to enter into the cell camera industry. So that's kind of was our niche. Uh, We reached out to several different companies and worked with them to help build their cell cameras and interface those cameras into our cloud system and interface and mobile app like that. So that's kind of the uh, niche gap that we feel for. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I've got two cell cams out right now, and I mean, they work pretty decent. The battery life is absolutely terrible. Um, I probably have to change batteries in them once every two weeks. And the apps are kind of basic, and the picture quality is always terrible. And it's just, man, when Ryan was telling me about y'all, you know, Sunday, I was just like, dude, this sounds way better than what I've got right now. Because it's not only like, y'all y'all don't just you're not just a singular cellular camera device company you work with multiple different companies and i know that you guys i don't think uh you may do something with the one that i use i don't really know um i don't want to bash them or anything but you know it was the lower end cameras and what, what can you expect from that you know but what you guys are doing is very interesting to me because I hear these things all the time about, you know, cell cameras, people having issues. And I see it on Facebook all the time when people are like, oh, I've got this one and it's not working right and all this other stuff. Um, it it kind of sounds like you guys are trying to change it up a bit where, you know, you've, you kind of cover all bases and at the end of the day, have a happier customer. Yeah. And I know when we talked initially, what really piqued your interest was when I showed you our solar panel. Yeah. how it was the best one on the market yeah now i'm running cameras yeah. with no double a batteries that have been going two years plus so that's what we try to do like you said we see a problem in the industry and we try to you know help as best as we can mm-hmm. like he said you know we saw that the, the apps out there and I, we don't want to bash any brands either but you know they were just average at best and we said you know we feel like we could really make improvements in these areas and that's kind of what we stepped up and done Especially not only with the software, but with the hardware, like the solar panel, what I was talking about earlier. Yeah, I mean, that solar panel stuff, dude, like, I'll tell you what, it, the, to me, the purpose of a cell camera is you've got it in the woods, you can see what's happening, and you don't have to go in there every week or every two weeks to check a car. But hey, no. don't hey, last. Hey, I, I do. Yeah, well, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> no, I'm saying that. I'm tired, I'm tired of blowing deer out of there just because I have to go check cameras. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, you know, I got cell cameras for that reason. But then I started having to change batteries because deer would come in, you know, all day, all night. And I mean, just two days ago, man, I put new batteries in one of my cameras and it's already at like 75%. And I know there's no reason for it because, you know, it's, I don't have the settings on, you know, like the highest thing. I'm not getting them every, you know, immediately. I'm getting them, I think, every six hours. And a lot of the times I've had issues where the cameras just don't even work. Like the app won't update the camera. Um, I've pulled cards before, and I know this happens with everything, but there's been times, dude, I'll have like a thousand photos that get sent to me. 
But then there's like 2,500 photos that the camera actually picked up. It just never sent it. And I don't know if that's a software, excuse me, software issue or what, but it, it's irritating. It's very yeah. irritating. So yeah, there, is that something you guys touch on? Yeah, just in general, you know, there has been a lot of, a lot of complaints in different areas with, with a cell camera and the software in just in general. And we've tried as, as best as we can to bridge those gaps. Uh, when you think about like some of the stuff that we do in our software, a lot of it is, is consumer centric. We're thinking of the consumer when we develop a certain feature or do certain things a certain way. Um, it goes from it everywhere to features in the software. We try to we try to build the app in a way where you could be, you know, just your average Joe with one or two cameras, or you could be, you know, a serious professional, if whatever you want to call it, with 50 plus cameras. And we have certain features in the software that would make it easy to manage, you know, all those thousands, what would be thousands and thousands of photos. And then moving over to stuff like how our data plans are structured, we do it in such a way where, you know, you have one data plan, which is shared across all the cameras on your account. And that is to alleviate problems with people that are running multiple cameras. And, you know, they might not, they, they know they're not going to have so much traffic where they might not want some sort of unlimited plan, but then they have to manage, you know, a, a data plan per camera which that becomes very cumbersome too, because then you got to know, all right, this camera's on a feeder. It's going to be super active. I need a bigger plan for that one. This one, you know, might be off on a scrape or something with a lot less activity. So a lot of stuff that we do is kind of to ease a lot of those pains. And we're still working towards achieving that goal too, with, with some other things as well. Yeah. yeah that's a big thing. And I would say, cause it's, I have two separate plans and I'll tell you what, man, it, when that bill hits, <laughs> I'm like, oh crap, I forgot about that. <laughs> and it, and that's I another totally thing that it, you know? I've I mean, noticed in the industry, um, a lot of people will play with their um, software side of it, you know, after they make a product. Y'all are focused so much on the, the proprietary, you know, software side on your end that you're actually looking at the customer, look, paying attention to what their needs are, what their wants are before you even start getting into the product side of it. And that's one thing that I really, really appreciate with y'all. And I actually really look forward to, you know, seeing that, you know, more out there. Yeah. And, and one of the other services we provide to our partners, the, the camera OEM guys, um, we do extensive hardware testing and we work directly with their manufacturer. So uh, the question he had brought up earlier about he might receive a thousand photos, but he's got 2,500 on his camera. So a lot of that has to do with the firmware that's actually programmed into the camera. And based on how they design it, it they may attempt to upload a photo. Let's say it's bad weather or something like that then every photo it takes it might attempt it just one time and if it fails to upload because of poor connectivity because of the weather it may just never retry again and so there is a level of quality that needs to actually go into the camera to circumvent those problems so that it it can detect when it's 
poor connectivity and quit trying because a if it keeps trying over and over and over and over that's what will kill your batteries but on the flip side of that if it never retries then you never get all the photos so people have to know how to design the firmware that goes in the camera correctly to help both not kill your battery but improve the number of, of positive you know, throughputs on uploading your photos. So that we actually spend as much time working with our partners and testing and redesigning the firmware inside their camera to improve on those things. And uh, I know Ryan actually made a video dedicated just for like battery life. And so he kind of goes through all the different settings that different cameras will have that really point out what will drain your batteries quicker than you know other settings. So it just kind of depends because there are certain capabilities you can have, but they are gonna use more power. Well, if you have like a solar panel attached, you don't really care because you're never gonna run out of power. So you can make more use of the camera. But if you don't have that solar panel, you probably better turn some of those features off because Otherwise, like you said, you'll find yourself replacing batteries every other week. So yeah, I mean that that's been my biggest gripe is I like to have video. If 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 I know that like how y'all were saying, if I have a camera on a spot that I know is not going to get a ton of traffic, but say I've had, you know, a big buck that's been going through every few days, I'll put that on video and then I'll I can actually watch that video and see where it's coming from and sort of get an idea of you know what I need to do in in than the actual hunt, but I have noticed that, that drains the battery. I mean, last season, dude, I did that, and I think it was, oh man, four days, and this deer was coming in every single night, but he was spending a lot of time at that spot, and within four days, I was down to like thirty percent, and I'm like, crap, because the company I use doesn't make solar panels, so I'm, I'm, you know, shit out of luck with that. So it's kind of just like i said that's why i'm really interested in what you guys are doing because to what jd said it seems like y'all are looking to fix the bugs first of the internal side and then you know what i mean go to like the external for, or after that yeah yeah well, I mean, that was a question that i had too on it was you were talking about the firmware side of it that y'all are really trying to focus on with your you know uh camera companies and stuff like that has that led y'all to being you know, more, I guess, picky with who you use as your partners for, for your actual cameras uh, to make sure they have or the capability of the right firmware that y'all would want? So it, it's not, it, the situation isn't that we're picky with who we're working with. The process is no matter who we work with, in, in pretty much 100% of the cases, they, they understand our background and they understand that's what we specialize in. So what ends up happening is they directly get us in contact with their manufacturing engineers that are gonna develop that firmware. And then they almost are hands off, like the service that we provide to our partners is, yeah, they have input and they can definitely suggest anything that they desire in their camera. But what we found most of the time is they just take a step back and then we kind of okay. do a plan on the features that we're going to develop for their camera. And then we work with their, their manufacturing engineers to 
kind of teach them how the process should work and like what okay. kind of test okay. we should expect and things like that. So that I way we get, we get a lot of input on the quality of the outcome. Okay. And Eric, you wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't be kind of up that creek without a paddle um, with their solar panel because if I'm correct me if I'm wrong guys but I think your solar panel has different adapters for a multitude of cameras correct yes it does yeah, yeah. It should there you go here any camera and it supports you know six volts nine volts and 12 volts that should cover pretty much any camera yeah the, it comes with multiple cables so it not only works with all of our cameras but it'll work with like your Moultries and your tactic camps and spot points and like other people may have seen a solar panel like ours. I know Spy Point did come out with one. But all I'm gonna mm -hmm. say is not saying anything bad. There's is 15,000 milliamps, which isn't bad, but ours is 25,000 milliamps. And that's why I'm saying I've been running mine for years and I haven't had any issues with it. So we'll- Well, there you go again, being on the software side. Panel. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. have to uh, definitely look into that. Cause I'm so sick of having to change batteries every week or two. Yeah, that'll I'm definitely help you like, out. Changing yeah. settings and you know clearing yeah. cards and taking from taking it from six hours to twelve hours to low to medium, just a bunch of crap and gets so irritating. Especially yeah. in season two, because I the the best thing I like about a cell camera is a lot of the places I go. Um, because I've got one on one property, one on another, both places when season comes in. My whole game plan is when I get there, I'll put it on immediate. And then if anything is there, I'll instantly know. A lot of times I ran into last year, the camera would either already almost be dead or it wouldn't be updating or, you know, it would send me something that, you know, it would come in a few minutes later. I'd start walking in, I'm halfway to my spot. And then, you know, I look at it and a photo that should have came in when I was already at the front of the front of the trailhead then there's a deer there and i'm just standing there in the dark like well crap dude if you would have sent me this when i was there this wouldn't you know i wouldn't be in this situation <laughs> it's happened so many times dude it's irritating so it's just good to know y'all are trying to fix that and the other thing is if you think about it just add up how much those batteries cost no oh, those things aren't yeah. cheap never yeah. mind the cost of the batteries but then your gas driving out there and the mm -hmm. the you can't put a dollar figure on what it takes when you mess up your hunting spot, but the solar panels truly will pay for themselves. But one thing I want to point out, because some, the, the, if there's any negatives that we ever get back at all, the only comment I've really heard is, man, this thing is, is, is bigger than the, all these other solar panels yeah. out there. And, and what people need to understand is we built the solar nope. panel for a purpose. <laughs> In other words, um, there are a lot of solar panels out there, but if you have your camera deep in the woods and you're getting very little hours of sunlight on your solar panel, we've seen, especially up north when they have a lot of snow and the mm -hmm. snow ends up covering the panel for you know a week at, week at a time, those solar panels are just aren't gonna last even, even with the solar panel. So one of the things about the solar panel that we have it charges probably close to 10 times faster than most other solar panels. But the other thing is it holds eight to 10 times more juice. So on those 
extended rainy days or snow weather or real cloudy, we can, our batteries are going to last 10 times what a typical solar panel is going to be. So it really has a special purpose. I mean, if you've got your camera out at the edge of a wide open field and you just get sunlight, direct sunlight all day long, you can, you can get by with a much smaller solar panel. But once you start getting your camera up in the woods where there's tree cover and stuff like that, you know, this panel is going to be the one that can handle those situations. So it makes it. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you another kind of like stupid question, honestly, because I'm still, you know, new to the cell cam game. Um, the, if you did want to run, you know, the batteries and a solar panel, would you, still need to get the you know kind of higher price but the rechargeable style batteries for so the solar can charge it or do you just use your regular batteries yeah you should uh again like ryan said when we use our solar panel we actually find there's no reason to put batteries in the camera so we most of the okay. time don't have internal batteries but if you do i would not go with rechargeable batteries in the camera Okay. Yeah, the, okay. The solar panel itself has a built-in rechargeable battery inside the panel, so it's actually going to use that. To oh, okay. Oh, okay. As it depletes that, the panel is going to recharge that battery inside your panel, and typically the batteries in the camera are only reserved for if that panel happens to die. Okay. Okay. But, I, I did have one last technical question, and then we can just talk deer or whatever you wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> The, I think y'all are still developing certain things with the app, but I did have one app related question if y'all could answer it potentially. Um, so a GPS system in the camera and it's in your, you know, high, high dollar fancy, you know, cell cam, a, would your app that y'all are using and some of the software that y'all have, wouldn't that kind of negate a need a necessity for a gps unit in the camera because you can see it live on the app and actually pinpoint its location you want to address that well i mean as far as the gps goes it's going to depend on the camera hardware if the camera itself can detect it's it has a gps what is it module i guess and can detect it its own coordinates and send it to us currently the cameras that we support don't have gps embedded in them so what we have currently in the app is when you go to the maps in there you it's using the location of wherever your your phone that's running the app is so typically okay. what you would do is say you're in the woods setting your camera up you would hop in the app in the scout tech app go to the maps and drop a pin where your current location is and that's going to okay. tell you you know where your camera is and if you move it you could do that again but so so I think I understand your question. It's a great question. You're saying, can we track the camera based on the cellular module? And, and the yes. answer to that is uh, actually yes and no. So let me try to explain that. Part okay. of what we do is inside the camera is the communication module. And when I say that, that's the piece that communicates with AT&T or Verizon or whatever. Right. Same as what's right. in your cell phone. But just like your cell phone, how often do you have to recharge that? It's practically daily. 
Yeah. And that's because yeah. that <laughs> communication module stays powered up in your phone all, all day long. Well, to conserve battery in the actual camera itself, it's designed in such a way to kill the power to that communication module when it's not needed. So if somebody were to go steal your camera and just walk around with it, especially if they hit the off switch, they're, they're not going to be you know, we're not going to be able to know where it's at because that communication module isn't even powered on. Now, okay. uh, having said that, Verizon and some other carriers do offer a service um, where they can try to just track the last time that camera communicated through their towers. They can try to get like roughly where it was at, but yeah. that is extremely inaccurate so okay. um, we actually have worked with some people who had a camera stolen and we worked with verizon and the location that they, the, <laughs> lo the location they gave us was not uh just not accurate enough to pinpoint where it was at i mean we okay. could we could put them in that community or in the neighborhood but unless you were going to go knocking on everybody's doors, they didn't know exactly where it was. So but it's, right. so we'll include that future builds. No, we're not talking about <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. that, I'll just put it this way. That is a very uh, big concern for a lot of people, especially if you're going to start putting cameras on public property. Um, mm -hmm. So... So, so yeah, that, that that is in the forefront of some some things to come out in the future. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Good. Good so, enough. Good enough. Jay, Thank you, Grant. Technical question. Um, I have one as well. It's really more of a general technical question. So I was listening to uh, the answer is two. Huh? The answer is two. Yeah, I doubt it. This <laughs> this is one that I I don't know if anyone. <laughs> I don't know if anyone really knows the answer yet. Um, I, mean, I hope you guys might. But I was listening to a podcast last week and they were talking about trail cameras and how cell cameras in particular, there have been times where like say, a, I don't know, six-year-old buck will try to avoid it. And as we all know, there are those deer that will avoid cameras, but is there is there something that maybe like a frequency that, might come off or maybe like when it's sending a photo or like maybe the signal's coming down that that buck could possibly detect and then be like oh i'm not going over there because i've had photos before where you know say it's a it's probably like honestly a four-year-old and he'll walk in he sees the camera and he's gone and you can see tracks around the tree and like you know you know he's still coming through he's just avoiding the camera but is there, is there something that they can detect in that? And if there is, do you guys know a way or do you have a way to try and get around that? Before so y'all give your answer, the technical answer, before y'all give your technical answer, because I know y'all are a lot smaller than I am. Uh, the only two cents on that that I have is it's your scent on the camera. Could be, yeah. And in yeah. my answer, I don't know if you consider this technical, but there's really no, no, you know, 100% yes or no answer type thing. I think, you know, and I've heard a lot of discussions on this topic as well. I think a lot of it does come 
down to the individual deer, you know, how they say, you know, every buck has its own personality type thing. Um, I think that comes into play. And I, and I think potentially the flash of your camera can come into play because you've got some cameras that are white flash where when it's taking a night photo, it's a visible white flash. Instead of the infrared flash. Yeah. Some cameras that are the, what they call a um, low glow, which is if it's at night taking a picture, you'll see maybe a little red dot of all the LEDs for the flash. And then you've Mm -hmm. got some cameras that are black flash where it'll take that night photo, but the flash isn't visible. Um, So there's potential where the deer could, could or couldn't see a flash. You know, if they see the flash bulbs, maybe that'll throw them off. Um, As far as the frequency goes, I don't think, you know, and this is just my personal opinion, I don't think that there's any frequencies that the camera's putting off that's that's like a force field around it that yeah. the deer's going to step into and be like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, uh, the, the only thing I got to say to that as far as the frequency is don't deer, I know birds do, but I don't, I think I heard somewhere that deer have a small amount of it, um, the electromagnetic sense. Yeah. Yep. So, your camera is definitely putting that off. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, to kind of pick up where Calvin left off. Yeah. If you want to be for certain, first of all, on the flash, you want to get the black flash, or sometimes they'll call it no glow, but it's the 940 nanometer uh, infrared. Um, but the other thing that will happen on some of the cheaper cameras, the actual shutter on the camera that has to open for it to take a picture. The cheaper ones, you can actually physically hear that. It's a little click. And that little click will clue those those older bucks right on in. So that's another thing to consider. And and the scent, like he mentioned, is is probably one that that even I had not thought about. You know what we need to do is we need to create some no scent like how you can get hand wipes. Oh, you need Lord. to get some no scent wipes and where people can wipe the camera down after they install it. That's smart. A new product right here. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I just was curious, man, because like, you know, I hear about this stuff. I don't really know a lot about cell cams. I mean, I know that, you know, they work and I know like kind of how they work, but not not nearly as much as you guys know. I know that. So I just, it's just something that popped in my mind. Cause it's like, you know, I heard about it and then I've dealt with it and that shutter thing, you're not kidding, dude. I, one of my cameras I've literally walked in front of and I hear the, and I'm like, there's no way that a deer. Eric, that was the perfect shutter big. sound. It is dude. I've heard it plenty of times, but a deer. That's got, yeah. Like a deer that's got ears, the size that they do, they're going to hear that. And I've even got, I can send you guys photos. I have photos of a doe at, um, my lake spot and she is right here in front of it like her eye is like looking right at it and i'm just like you heard it i was like i know that you heard it yeah but exactly right i've, so, seen, I've seen their noses a lot too coming up and smelling the camera and stuff like yeah. that so that it, it's definitely a scent thing as part of it too definitely and that'll help when you've got a solar panel because you're not touching the camera you put it up you i'm just gonna it. spray my camera down with deer pee there you go. That's it. Yeah. Or just raise it up high enough to where they can't see that flash and it's too high for them to smell it. That's the only other pointer I'd give you. Yeah. yeah. I've tried that. Whole, like, it in the skinny yeah. Yeah. I've tried the whole angling it down deal and I'm short. 
I mean, Ryan can tell you I'm not that tall. Um, so I carry a stick with you. I've got one out right now. That's got that. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, there's, there's a ton of tricks you can do with it and it's just, I've only had cell cameras for two years now, so I'm still, you know, tinkering and all that. Um, I guess the biggest thing is like, so what, what is, what is the end goal for you guys? I mean, you know, I know you're working with a bunch of different companies and it sounds like, you know, the effort you guys have put in really has been paying off, especially with all the ideas and, and the stuff that you guys are doing that really seems to cater more towards, like you said, the average Joe, rather than just coming out with the newest cell camera and it's $500. I'm like, oh, this one's got these two other features that don't really, you know, do anything. Like what's kind of the end goal for you guys? Like, where do you, what are y'all working towards? Like what do you see happening in the next five years? What's up with all that? I'll touch on I'll touch on a little bit of that. I mean, first of all, you know, we're we're all family. We're a smaller family run, family grown business. And that's just a dream for me, I know, uh, just to be able to do this. And so whatever we have to do to continue down that path, I'll do <laughs> just to, you know, live the dream of, you know, working with my dad, working with my brother and getting to meet all these cool people in the industry. But um, in a business sense, you know, we are we're always looking to to ease any pains when it comes to cellular cameras. So the whole purpose of buying a cell camera is so you can set it out in the woods and gather intel and not have to deal with the headache of, you know, your battery dying every two weeks. That's why we have our solar panel, you know, not having to deal with the headache of managing a million data plans across all your cameras. That's why we set up our data plans the way we do. And I mean, I don't want to get into too many detailed specifics but the way we set up certain features on our app like how you can filter out photos and how you can group up photos and how you can manage cameras and photos from a bird's eye view on the map these are things that we want to keep putting out that just that help you gather get in the app gather the data that you need and you know draw whatever conclusions you need to draw to to be able to get that shooter buck without having to work too hard i mean because the whole purpose is these are supposed to be convenient items that's kind of what you're paying for when you're paying for these cell cameras so if you end up having to work harder to get the information you're after then you kind of just defeated the whole purpose so that was you know our vision when we started is just in a general sense trying to ease all these pains that we had experienced you know using uh, other brands of cell cameras back in the day and then, you know, moving forward, we're still going to continue down that path. So I don't know if you want to touch on some of the things that are to come. Yeah, um, the one of the things for us is um, we're constantly able to focus on innovating the software side of it um, because what, by us partnering with other companies, they can kind of focus more on their cameras and what they want to do next as far as the hardware part of it goes. So there's going to be a lot of updates coming out. Uh, I can't set any specific dates, but probably during this hunting season, um, one of the ones to look for, I don't know if you guys ever use Onyx maps, but yep. um, <laughs> so we're, 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 and we're under an NDA. And so we, we can't say much, but I will say this, um, we are working with them to become a, a provider for them. So it's kind of like 
we'll be able to feed photos and, and camera info into the Onyx app. So then Onyx will be able to take that information and then we can, through partnering with them, we can provide you yet even more rich features within the Onyx app as well. So that's one of the things coming out. Um, <clears throat> we've got a ton of stuff like cloud, yeah, cloud storage, smart tags, um, weather information, all of that kind of stuff is right on the verge of, of us rolling that stuff out. So we've got oh, a lot. Oh, no. <laughs> Y'all might get me to switch. <laughs> Y'all might get me to switch yeah. from uh, my current mapping um, app back to Onyx because I used to use it. And I mean, I liked it. It just didn't have the stuff that I was looking for. But I mean, if, yeah. if you're able to sync the two together, I mean, that's yeah. – that's awesome because then yeah, you got real time data. It's an ideal situation. I mean, Kevin just released the the prior release of Scout Tech. He added in mapping capability directly into Scout Tech, so you can you know map and, and drop pins where your cameras are and stuff like that. But we're not trying to like compete with someone like Onyx or there are these other mapping companies where mm -hmm. they have all these layers and you know a million different features. We're just trying to provide at least some basic functionality. Um, to be, and, and honestly, it's because we do have some customers that have 50 to 100 cameras. And they will call us up and they'll say, hey, you know, I put out all these cameras. And they're just, you can imagine trying to track 50 cameras. And he put it all out on public land. He says, I don't know if I just forgot where I put them or somebody stole them. He says, I have some, he don't even know where they're at. So we at least can provide them with that solution to be able to drop pins every time you put a camera on a tree, you keep track of where they're at. So, out of yeah, And that's the same thing that you're doing with your cameras is you're using all these different cameras and you're using one, you know, platform to be able to track everything. Exactly. Um, yeah, you can that. also now you can now encompass you know mapping and doing all that stuff so you, you literally can have everything in one app and that that's awesome we we even have a feature that we don't really market but it is a really nice feature and just i don't even know how a lot of these people know about it but we've started getting more and more activity so most of the cameras, we, we drop them into two categories. All the partners that we work with, the cameras where we work with their manufacturer to integrate their cameras into our system, those are what we kind of classify as a certified, a Scout Tech certified camera. But mm -hmm. let's take, uh, say, for example, have y'all ever heard of Cuddyback? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So they have a camera, a cellular camera, where they can have their photos sent to an email address and i think hey guys this is jd with southeastern bow hunter podcast just want to let you know i can save you a little bit of money if you go into nosedownsense.com and type in the promo code sebh15 southeastern bow hunter 15 sebh15 that'll get you 15 percent off on all the products they have across the whole site now go make sure you check them out Amazing products, great cover sense, and great application sense for those big old scripts you're trying to work on. Also, after you get that game, you can go ahead and season it up with some of their seasonings and dry rubs they have. Go give them a check. I think maybe this last year they may have come out with an app, but for, for all the years prior, they had no mobile app. 
but their farmers would just send the photos to an email address. Well, mm -hmm. what you can do is inside of Scout Tech, you just register a camera as an email camera. And what we do is we give you a unique email address. And so in your, say, for example, in your Cuddyback camera, you plug that unique email address in your Cuddyback. Now, when your Cuddyback camera sends the photos, it goes straight into your Scout Tech mobile app, just like any of the other cameras that are integrated. So it allows you to, that gives us kind of this generic interface that any camera on the market that has the ability to send a photo to an email address, you can now manage the photos from them in Scout Tech rather than flipping through your email inbox to look at one photo at a time. So now is that, is that still of, part of the same data plan or does the email camera get its own data? Yeah, because we don't know the brand, we don't know how you activate that camera. You're, that's all separate, but it's so cheap. We really don't, all we charge is like $4 for like the first thousand photos. And if, and you could have 10, 10 email cameras. And if all 10 of them send us a hundred photos for all 10 of them, the cost is only $4. And, and Good Lord. the first thousand. And then it, if you use up a thousand, we only charge one dollar for another block of a thousand photos. So it is it is practically I ain't gonna say free, but it's dirt cheap. Yeah, I'm about to have a lot of email accounts in there because we do have a lot of customers that use the cameras that are our partner cameras, but they just have these older cameras too that just have the ability to send them via email. So it still allows them to manage everything under one app. <laughs> Wow. Dude, that's, that's probably one of my favorite things about y'all is like just being able to have multiple cameras on one plan and not having to switch through. Like when I get my stuff, I have to switch through back and forth, you know, cause they send in, I think it's 20, 25 minutes apart. And so every morning and every night, every afternoon, I'm, you know, switching back and forth. And I mean, it, it's a minor inconvenience, but it's, I just, think that being able to look under one app under one plan multiple different yeah. cameras say i had five cameras then it would become a kind of a big inconvenience because you're switching through a bunch of different things with what you guys are doing i mean it, you're making it easier for the hunter to just click the app and then he can see everything on there and he's good to go you know yeah. so that convenience yeah, factor goal. is huge yeah and the goal so but go ahead I was just going to say the goal is to, you know, incorporate as many different cameras as we can and partner with as many companies as we can, because then as the customer, which we already have a, a wide range of cameras in terms of, do you want a cheaper, you know, more budget friendly camera, or do you want one of the higher end cameras that have, you know, maybe a little bit clearer pictures and a little more features. So we kind of have a range of all those that you can use any one of those cameras and within the same app, which is pretty nice too. Gotcha. Gotcha. So y'all were talking about the, you know, the starting of the other companies, you know, before you kind of opened up the scout tech thing, you know, minus working with the other, other companies was, I guess your drive for this to encompass everything under one app. Was that because of, you know, y'all having issues with so many different apps, and so many different things, having to fumble through all that. You said, you know what, forget all this. I'm going to make my own to where everything can be encompassed in one. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was sort of the idea, because 
with us using cameras before we started Scout Tech. This was probably over 10 years ago, you know, using different cameras, not only you have different apps, you know, one app might work, one app might not. One camera might be better than the other camera, but their software is worse. And then on top of that, you've got different pricing structures for the data plans. And it was all just, I don't know, kind of scattered around. And yeah, and another thing that we pride ourselves in is like, for example, and I don't know if y'all have even attempted it, but like for the camera that the other guy said that he has lots of problems with, has he ever attempted to call their support? And what kind of support do you typically get? A lot of these companies <laughs> basically don't even hardly offer support. And yeah. it's so difficult to get help. Not with us, because either one of us is giving you support or we have a, a good friend of his, uh, Spencer, who works for us. And we've got one or two other people. And we it's us. We're, we're going to support you. By the end of the day, if and, and sometimes we get busy, so especially during hunting season. So if you leave us a voicemail, you can send us a text message, you can, you know, send us an email. And by the our goal is by the end of the day, reach back out to each and every single customer. I can't tell you how many times if I have a customer who may be having a problem, and and and, and let me be clear about that when I talk about support. Because we have worked with our camera vendors, manufacturers, in a lot of cases, we know more about their cameras than our partner knows about their own camera. And so even though you may be buying a product from one of our partners, if you're having trouble with that camera, even if it's not a problem with the app, it could be a problem with the camera. We don't turn any support away. So we are gonna support each and every camera we're going to walk you through and help you figure out what the problem is that's going on. And I can't tell you how many times on the weekends, if a, if a customer says, Hey, I've got to drive two hours away. I've got problems with this camera. And while I'm out there on Saturday, is there any way I could get you to walk me through and help me with something? If he can give me a heads up notice and I'm available, I'm going to be there and he'll call me. I'll text whatever. And I'm going to help on weekends. It doesn't really matter because you know, I'm a hunter too. And I know that if I was in that situation, I would just want somebody to help me. So, you know, it's just all about, we love hunting and we love meeting other hunters and, and people in this industry. And we just want to do what's right. And I know that sounds a little like cheesy, but it is true. It is something that's, you know, we take seriously. Yeah. Well, I can tell you what, I can vouch with you right now on that because I don't know one other customer service person out there in the world that I can send a sweaty hat picture to and get a response, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, that's huge because, you know, I, I have tried what you said and let's just say nothing came of it. And, yeah. it, you know, customer service to me, like caring about the average hunter, caring about, you know, the customer is extremely important because a lot of times you'll have, you know, situations where you need something and the company that you're using, their hours don't, you know, include weekends. And then right. the only time you can call them is when you're at work. And it's like, well, I can't really do that. It's too late now. So that's the right. fact that y'all are willing to do that, I think that's huge. I think that's a critical. That's, that's a big one. Yeah. Because 
a lot of times you just can't get in touch with anybody. So I have to, uh, I have to commend y'all for that. That's, that's pretty awesome. Thank you. So, so speak, speaking of trail cam stuff, who's got the biggest deer on camera? Yep. Let's get into it. <laughs> I'll tell you that after the season. Too, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We actually share between the cameras that we all run on our property. We all share them between each other. You know, that's a feature we've got in the app. You can share the cameras. So, you know, if I put a camera out and share it with them, they can see the pictures that come through too. We actually all share them between each other. Um, but you know, for both for to kind of switch topics to bow hunting, uh, one of the things as these two guys were growing up that I just always had to do each and every year is I would take these guys. We went down to South Georgia, I think around Casita, and mm -hmm. I knew a guy who had like a thousand acres or something down there. So I'd always take them at least one weekend, if not a week, out of every hunting season, and we camp and hunt and stuff like that but probably only until just recently probably in the last say two years have we really started trying our hand at bow hunting so even oh, yeah. though these young whippersnappers kind of just started i myself i'm gonna be well i guess i'm 53 now just to give you a stat last year i think it was you first Kevin shot his first deer with a bow a couple of days later, Ryan shot his first deer with a bow. And a couple of days later, I shot my first deer with a bow. So oh, all yeah. in about one week's time right. span, we kind of all got our, we kind of broke our virginity on the boat. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, man. Hey, last year was awesome, dude. That, was that was deer over there on the wall, too. that was my first bow buck. And <laughs> it was last year. So okay. last year was good for everybody. I know JD killed a ton of deer. Um, I only got one. But yep um yeah, we, yeah man no, I, welcome to the bow hunting family like, dude like we grew up rifle hunting and this will be like my third year bow hunting my first year saddle hunting and my first year self-filming so i feel like such a rookie greenhorn yep. but like i said we're going right. for our first open young this year man we're excited we just love we're addicted to it man there's nothing else else to I say assume y'all saw his video he made when he was trying out his saddle I don't know if I showed it. Yeah, no, I didn't see it. Yeah. You fell out of the tree? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll have to send it to you. <laughs> well, I'm not hey. to advertise that, though. Oh, I might not Lord. want to, man, because I may not get a saddle. <laughs> if I <laughs> see someone fall out of a tree. It's worse than that. It's just my inexperience. Don't let me uh, shy you away from saddle hunting. <laughs> I mean, if I would have hey, had so my experience, I've never done it. That's crazy. I, I had one. Uh, I did have one more technical question just popped in my head and then we can go back to having fun um is there ever or do y'all ever see any software coming into uh fruition maybe with y'all since y'all are one of the leaders i think as far as the software to where you can get a live cell cam view instead you of just waiting on a picture i'm so glad you brought that up so we have i thought i talked to you guys about that now but like, if you want to talk about live cell cameras, I think Spartan's one of the only ones that has one and it's pretty pricey. And I, we agreed on it. We even talked to the guys in the booth and they agreed. They said, look, this whole live streaming thing is way overrated. Like it sounds cool, like a big marketing gimmick. 99% of the people get it. They try it out and they realize how much data it uses and they never use that feature again. 
But with us, let's say any of the cameras from Exodus, the Radix camera, the Bow Creek camera, they all have a feature that we call on demand. So basically you can just at any point in time from the app, you can say, send me a photo right now or send me a video right now. And it'll be like five, 10 seconds delayed. Really? It's still a live view of what's in front of your camera. Yeah. Uh, so okay. Like, so that would help. That would help with busting out some deer. And I I'm sorry, Ryan, if you did say something about that, you know, Sunday at the show, but you know, mm -hmm. no one can hear you, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, no, yeah. that's actually a big thing, man. That's awesome. Like I said earlier, that is awesome. Yeah, like so I said, I actually that. use that feature now. Like, we don't really care to live stream to see if there's something in front of the camera because obviously, if there is, it'll be sending us a photo. But like, we have buddies out there now, uh, clearing some land for us, and their schedule, you know, they might be here for two or three days and they, they might be three weeks before they show up and I'll need to know, hey, are they out there running equipment? If so, we need to go talk to them. So I'll tell my camera, hey, send me a video right now. And I can hear in the audio if they're running the excavator or not. So I can in like a real time. Really cool. If someone's out on my property or not. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, like very often what will happen is I might have a camera out that's just in photo mode. But if it's, say, in front of a feeder or something like that, and I see a picture come in that has a big buck on it, right in the app, you can just hit take a video. And so while that buck is there, it'll take that video and upload it. So I'm not constantly burning data and burning batteries all day long with videos, but because I can request the video instantly and get it, it's like I can pick and choose when do I actually want to see it. So it's not like Ryan said, it's not live. Wow. Uh, like that Spartan camera does, but it's like the very next best thing. Yeah, even the Spartan camera has, a, I believe, a six-second delay. So yeah. there's always going to be a delay. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say, you know, second best thing. I mean, that, to me, sounds like the best. That That's yeah, that the best like option that. right there. Yeah. yeah. All right, now agree. we can bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no, I want to hear uh, I want to hear some hunting stories, boys. I want to hear some. Uh, you, got to, you, have his, you have to hear his story. About the well, one you know, time I didn't go with him. You got to tell that his, So his name is Wayne. Now, we call him D-Wayne. Because the dumbass. You just understand why we call him D-Wayne. Oh, yeah, I think, I think back in the late 90s when all the kids were running around saying, duh. You remember when all yeah. the kids would say that? Well, they would start doing that with me. And so they say, duh, Wayne. And that adapted <laughs> into D-Wayne. So. Oh, yeah, a lot man. of people just call me D-Wayne, but hey, look, I can't always help it. Sometimes shit just happens. And uh, Well, what kind of year, shit was it? What happened? So last year I was on a hunt. Well, it wasn't last year, it was year before. We had just bought 80 acres, uh, which we're all planning to build a house on and build us a scout tech office out there. Nice. So we had just bought 80 acres, and so I don't know the land no better than you know anybody else but uh we had started hunting a little bit that season and it was getting late in the season and i hadn't killed anything yet so i was just wanting meat all i want to do is put some meat in the freezer so i'd already planned to take a doe or whatever come out and so i was sitting in my stand it was getting a little bit late and i could hear a herd of deer coming up behind me and so when they got out in front of me i shot one and of course I seen it fall, but it, it got up and took off and all the deer scattered. But there was one kind of smaller deer that had stayed there and was just looking. And I thought, you know, just in case I might've missed that first one, I went ahead and shot that one too. 
And so uh, I was kind of taking my time. I gave him a few minutes for let everything settle. And it was right before dark. So now dark was starting to set in. I thought, well, I got to hurry up and get out my stand. And so make a long story short, I hop out my stand and that, that last, the second one I shot just kind of dropped right there. Mm -hmm. So I drug it and I had, I didn't realize how far in the woods I was. So I had to drag this thing forever. We didn't have a chance to cut good trails or anything like that. So I just had to drag it all the way out. I didn't have a four wheeler or nothing to help me get them. So I'm exhausted by the time I get to my truck. And so I dropped the truck bed and I go to and flip that deer up on the tailgate. And I realized that the angle wasn't good. And I hit it in the front shoulder, but it kind of went through and all of the guts was hanging out on the backside. <laughs> so, oh, so, God. So, so here we go. And this starts a long chain of events. Oh, and I man. don't know what I was thinking. You know, this is where the D-Wayne comes out in me. But I was thinking I could just pull the guts out and, and then, you know, throw the rest of the deer in there. So I get these two big sticks, probably about that big around. And I put one, I roll it up underneath the guts. And the other I put on top. And I'm squeezing both sides, thinking I can rip the guts out. Well, it just squirted all the poop out like oh. toothpaste. <laughs> so, so I had this big mound of deer poop right at the tailgate. And so I could smell it. And I'm, you just have to know me, but I have kind of a weak stomach. If I smell stuff, I'll, I'll give it up. So I knew I had another deer up in the woods so, and, and it was getting late. And again, this is in a whole nother county we'd never hunted in. So I was in fact getting nervous enough. I called my wife, I said, hey, help me find a deer processor that's somewhere near this county that I can take it to. Well, as I was trying to find the second deer, she called back and she says, yeah, there's a plate, the guy over here. He says he's about to close, but he'll wait on you. So now I'm really kind of like in this hurry up mode. Mm -hmm. So it's getting darker and darker and darker and I get through the woods and I finally find the second deer and I'm really, and it, it ran as far away from my truck as it could possibly go. So I, it took me probably 20 minutes of dragging this deer and I'm, I'm in a hurry. So I'm kind of anxious. Well, when I finally get back to the truck, it's pitch black. And so I'm so exhausted. I don't think that I can get this second deer because it was a big one. I didn't think I could get it in the back of my truck. So I knew I wouldn't have been a struggle with it because I just give out of energy. So I knew I was going to take one shot and it was going to have to be all I've got. It was all or nothing. So I, I kind of grabbed the two front legs with one hand and the two back legs with the other hand. And I'm right at the tailgate and I lift it up and I try to step forward to throw it in the back of my truck. And I forgot those two big tree limbs I had put down there. When I, when I leaped forward, my foot landed right on them. And so my feet came right out from underneath wow. me as the deer hit the back of my tailgate. And so oh, it had been God. raining a little bit. And I'm laying there on the ground and I knocked the breath out of myself. Oh, and I'm thinking, man. oh man, this is a mess. I'm laying in all this mud. And then it dawned on me, oh, this ain't mud. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as the scent hit my face, 
now I just yeah. start, I couldn't control it. I start throwing up all over the place. I threw up all over myself. And I look up and the deer I had flipped up on the tailgate slid off right as I was going to get up and fell off and landed back <laughs> on top of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> That dog oh, got you oh, back for God. shooting her. I was like, can it get any worse, man? I mean, that deer just whooped my ass. So, so now I'm covered in deer shit. I'm like, now what do I do? Because I had a relatively new truck. I'm like, there's no way. It's all up and down my back, down my legs, everywhere. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my what would you do? I had to strip down. <laughs> so, so did you go to the deer do, processor? Naked? Down nothing but my underwear. Oh, God. And so finally I get in the truck and I'm still in this mindset where I got to hurry up and get there. Well, it dawned on me when I got there. I'm kind of, as you can tell, I'm a big guy. So I'm stripped down to my underwear. When I, when I get there, the guy that, at the deer processor, he was kind of an old man. And so he was just leaning against the doorway, waiting on me. And so when I pull up and open the door, he sees this big fat guy getting out of his underwear. He leaves his hand over and just says, he says, oh, Lord Jesus. I just don't have to look, man. Say what you want. Let Please, just let me drop these deer off and get home. Oh, Lord. D-Wayne, that is funny. That is the funniest. He's not allowed to hunt by himself. He's got to have one of us with him now. Oh, my God. And then my wife's questioning why. She says, I thought you were deer hunting. Here I'm walking in the door, stripped down, practically butt naked. My back was hurting. I'm bending over there, creeping in the door. She's like, smell like deer shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm like, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> that is the funniest hunting story I think I've ever heard in my life. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I decided I'm never going to hunt without carrying a camera with me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, was, was there a Scout Tech camera out there that got all this on video? Because if not, you missed it. Oh, yeah, we had just bought the property. So like you said, no trails, no cameras. We we bought it right at the start of hunting season. So we just oh, ran man. in there and started hunting. Golden uh, that's one of those. That's definitely too stupid to make up, though. <laughs> that is hilarious well, look, I'm a hold you story, it's gonna be about me killing a booner not laying in deer shit <laughs> yeah right hey man you gotta start somewhere right hey look every time you tell the fishing story that fish gets bigger yeah <laughs> um well look i don't want to hold y'all up too much but i am curious about you guys all three got your first bow kills last year um can you kind of you know tell the story on those because especially with me just getting mine last year, you know, I, that to me, that's very interesting. The fact that the three of y'all all popped your cherry with bow hunting last year. So uh, if you can, what, what's the stories with it? Yeah. I mean, it's nothing too interesting for me other than, you know, got the bow. Uh, when was it? I got the bow probably in like January, February, maybe. And so I had only, you know, but prior to that, I had only been bow fishing. So I hadn't really shot a bow, you know, for accuracy. When you're bow fishing, you know, it's a little bow, just pull it back a hundred times or whatever, just shooting in the water. But um, so, you know, I shot several months leading up to season, trying to dial in, um, ended up on that same piece of property that, that Wayne had just mentioned we had bought. 
um, up in my stand and we had deer, several deer coming in. And at this point, I think we're all in the same boat in that the first mission for us is usually to fill the freezer, get some meat. And then after that, we'll, you know, let, you know, Focus look, for, the, look for the bucks, look for the bigger bucks. But that being a newer property, we didn't have any high expectations for, you know, getting any big bucks because we just didn't know the area, didn't know its history and all that. So, you know, I was in my stand, man, and I had about six does walking in. I heard of six does. And uh, the biggest thing for me had never been bow hunting is not knowing when to draw my bow. They all came, they all walked into a site. We had some minerals and they were probably 15 yards from, from me. I'm up in a, up in a climbing stand, not a climbing stand, a ladder stand. And so they're about 15 yards, but because there were six of them, you know, there's always one or two of them with their heads up while the other ones are, are eating or whatever. And so I'm sitting there like, damn, when do I draw this thing back? <laughs> um, anyway, long story short, I drew my bow back and, and one of them, one of the fawns actually spotted me. And so the herd kind of looked up and they kind of trotted away. So they were sitting at right at 30 yards. And, uh, you know, I had a perfect broadside shot on a nice mature uh, doe, ended up shooting her right at 30 yards. And so when the arrow released, I swear in my, in my mind, I saw that arrow hit that deer. But then also my brain was telling, playing tricks on me because the arrow just stuck straight in the ground. And I was like, man, did I just, I just shot low. I just missed. I was like, well, that sucks. So, but it was, it was uh, getting dark. There was probably, you know, 30, 45 minutes until, until it was dark and my phone was dead. And so I was like, damn, I missed. So I'll sit around and, and wait and see, you know, if they come back or something, because after I shot, they all scattered. And, um, and then I thought, well, what if I did hit it? You know, I need to use the rest of this daylight to go track it down and, and get it out the woods. So sure enough, Dark. I climbed out my stand after about five more minutes of sitting there, and the, the arrow was just soaked in blood, completely covered. Nice. Hell yeah. nice. It was a clean pass through, but it, my brain was playing tricks on me. It just shot straight through that deer like it never even hit her and stuck in You the know, it's, it's funny you say that. My, my first one last year, uh, it, I, did the, I thought the same exact thing. I was like, did I miss? And then yeah. I happen to look over and I see, you know, she didn't go 20 yards and piled up. And I'm like, oh, well, there she is. I didn't miss. Okay. But it, it will. When you've got that adrenaline going and all that stuff, it'll play right. tricks on you sometimes. Yeah. 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 For real. So I, I see the bloody arrow and then, and then I just, you know, looking down the trail where she, where I saw her running, man, I've never seen a blood trail that, that thick before, you know, growing up hunting, we just, you know, rifle hunted. Mm -hmm. And I've never in my life seen a blood trail that thick. So, I mean, she ran about 35 yards. It was the easiest track, the easiest deer I've ever tracked because yeah. the blood was yeah. everywhere. But, you know, like uh, I said, my phone was dead. So I ended up grabbing that arrow covered in blood, posing some pictures in front of the cameras we had nearby. Because I knew they were <laughs> Like he said, his phone was dead. And we were all in a group message. I said, I'm pretty sure he just shot one because yeah. – the phone's going off, and I said it's still daylight. He's he's down on the ground, so there's no way he's on the ground unless he's already shot. So yeah. I knew before anyone else because checking yeah. the Scout Tech app. And it's kind of funny actually now that you mentioned that story. Me and me and my dad here, we went open a day, and it we wound up sitting for four or five hours straight, yeah, and just right. getting poured on the whole time. And I never saw anything, but apparently a doe walked out in front of him, and because he was using a crossbow and he's wearing glasses kind of fogged yeah. up 
Mm-hmm. And he said, I shot and I know I hit her, but she made this real funny noise. Anyways, we check, we check, couldn't find no blood, couldn't find his bolt, nothing like that. A week later, I'm sitting up in the deer stand and this doe walks out. It's got a big hole right in the neck. And I can see, oh, oh wow. Like G5 Megameet he was shooting. Because we were, we were all shooting with G5 Megameets last year. And oh, so yeah. that same deal, I said, that's got to be a wound. So at least let me finish her off. And she was quartering away. When I hit her with that G5, I had a four-inch entry wound. She went like 22 yards, blood everywhere. I mean, died in seconds. So there was no track job on that. But, yeah, it was nice. At least the one that he injured, I was able to put yeah. it on the ground a week later. And she didn't have yeah. to suffer for too long. Yeah, I mean, you right. answered my question right, right there. I was going to ask what, what broadhead y'all were using because that's what I use. Um if I use a mechanical, it's going to be the mega meat. And I took this deer over here on the wall with it. And he, I'll send you the photo when we get off of here. Um, the hole wasn't as big as, you know, four inches, but it, it was nasty. And he maybe made it 50, 60 yards. And like y'all were saying, those blood trails, good Lord, man. You might as well just yeah. get a bucket of red carpet. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, so, so Wayne, what's, what's your first bow? bow deer story so so again all of these hunts are all on this same property that that we had just got and so we really only had about two good bow hunting stands which they would hunt out of so i ended up getting like a tower stand set up where i was hunting which kind of prevented me from using my my compound bow so i thought well since i'm gonna have to hunt out of that this year is why i went and got me a crossbow I said, well, it's the next best thing. So, but like Ryan said, that opening day, we it just poured on us. So I could barely see through it, but I swear I could, I was able to make a good shot. And so anyhow, oddly enough, uh, I've never in my life, and I, I don't know, I've had to have killed way over a hundred deer. I never, ever lost a deer. If I shot one, I found it. That I don't know if y'all have ever lost one, but that is the worst feeling you'll ever have is trying to go to sleep that night, worrying like, where did, can I go find the deer the next day? It's like, I've, I never want to experience that again. But like Ryan said, I'm glad he got it. And we could tell yeah. by seeing pictures on the trail camera, it was the same deer. Yeah. And yeah, so, I've lost, I've lost like, one and it, it is a bad feeling. Oh, it's, yeah, I, I hate that. So anyhow, uh, this is kind of a, another bad story. It's like, man, people are going to get a bad impression of me. But uh, <laughs> nah. so I was sitting in this same tower stand and I was actually getting ready to go. It, uh, I sat there all morning and I hadn't really seen anything. And right before I got out of my stand, I knew about 100 yards through the woods, which was actually where he had been hunting when he shot his first deer. There was that a trail camera back there. And so right before I got down, I opened my Scout Tech app and I could see just a minute ago, there was this full grown doe like at in front of that camera back there. And I know they typically travel from there to where, where I was hunting at. So I knew in my mind, if I sit here a minute, that she's gonna be coming from right behind me. So I went ahead and grabbed my crossbow and I started to slowly spin around in my tower stand. And when I did, apparently the deer had already reached me and it was practically so (laughs) close to me behind me, I spooked her. And so she kind of took a few hops and jumped back up in the woods and got behind some trees and limbs and stuff, but she didn't go far. And so, um, so I had my crossbow ready, and so I just got real steady and didn't move because she heard the, the 
chair squeak, but she mm-hmm. didn't see me and she didn't smell me. So that's why she didn't run off. And so it didn't take but a few minutes and I kind of had my crossbow ready. And as soon as she stepped out from behind uh, one of the trees, I took my shot and she dropped right there. So I, I was self-filming a little bit with a little GoPro I had mounted on my crossbow. And of course I was all pumped up and excited because I got this dough. And so I get down out the stand and I'm kind of being a little sarcastic as if I'm blood trailing it and stuff like that. And man, mm-hmm. I tell you, I had the worst feeling. I, my gut just kind of dropped. And I was like, oh man, it's not a dope. And it's like, I couldn't see it from the stand because oh. I saw the pictures of that doe in my head. I knew that this was that deer, uh-huh. but apparently it wasn't. It was a different one. And so from, a little the distance, from the distance, I couldn't see it, but it turned out to be a button buck. So I was mad oh, at you. Man. Hey, I was like, I did that once last year. Yeah, my buddy Thor did that too. Yeah. So I yeah, I had myself on film where I actually didn't even realize it, but I was like, oh no, it's not a doe. And so they always repeat that phrase to me all the time and give me a hard time. So. <laughs> oh man, you know what's funny is I've heard that happen to a lot of people and like I said, my buddy Thor had that happen last year on public. He thought it was a doe. He shot it. And this thing, it, it wasn't a button buck, but it had like these two little, just small spikes. And he said he couldn't see it. Um, Cause I'm pretty sure he killed it with a rifle. And he was like, man, from the distance it was at, I didn't know. I thought it was a doe. And he walks up and same exact thing. So he, he yeah. tagged out on a little two inch, two inch, <laughs> little Michigan 11. Well, mine, you know, mine had not even broke the skin. So it was, Oh, it man. was truly an antlerless deer, but uh, it had not even broke the skin. It was- and that's how that's how mine was when I got it. You know, she, uh, she, he, whatever. Uh, it was a bud. It was one of those Bud Light deers. Um, <laughs> but let's not get political, man. <laughs> but she, uh, she was she was at like twenty eight or thirty yards, something like that, and ended up shooting her. And then I got down, tracked her, found her, and then realized I'm like, wait a minute. But it didn't even break skin yet. So my processor was cool enough. He's like, hey, it ain't broke skin. We'll 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 let you tag it out as a dope. <laughs> well, it is true. Like it, I think that's legal. I think that yes, is yes, it is here because there's no visible bone. Yeah. So yep. yeah, my deer identified as a doe as well. So. Man, it's even it's even seeping in the deer, man. They're all getting confused these days. Exactly. Oh, geez. Cool, man. Well, Ryan, um, that story you told about the the doe with the hole in her neck was that your first bow bow deer? With the bow, yeah. Uh-huh. So I helped him. He had an assist. No. Yeah. <laughs> perfectly fine. Yeah, Sounds to me right like now. y'all are the, y'all are the doe crew. I ain't heard no buck stories yet. Yeah, let's, not, let's y'all are just doe killers. What, yeah, what's the biggest buck the y'all got? Pillars. That's what we are. I, I, w- I will give you one real quick story. The the only deer I have mounted is a ten pointer, and it's pretty good size. But it was one of these trips I was telling you when they were small. We I'd always take them hunting. This guy who had all this land, he had one of these really old like army jeeps. Um, and so it was me and these two guys and another friend of mine. So it was four of us. And we got there the day before opening day and made sure every, we went and made sure we knew where everybody was going to go to their stands and all that. So right. since the road going into the property where I was going to hunt, which was a ground blind, 
was the last one that you'd get to. So I just drove the Jeep and it was still, you know, opening day. And it was really, you could still see the stars in the sky. Mm-hmm. And the day before I had put a bottle right in the middle of the road to tell me, cause I knew I'd be driving in dark. So I said, well, I'm gonna put a bottle there. That'll tell me where to stop the Jeep. And then I'll just walk in from there. And so that next morning I dropped each one of them off at their stand. And then I was driving. And next thing I know is I had pulled right into the daggum food plot where where my where my brown line was. And so I was <laughs> I was like, damn, somebody moved the bottle or something. Oh, and so I God. never saw it. So I was kind of mad. So I put the Jeep in reverse and I backed out and I got out and we were rifle hunting back then. And so I walked and I sat and it was pretty cold, but I sat down on my ground blind and I had no longer than just pulled one glove off. And I looked out the ground blind where just literally 60 seconds ago was the Jeep parked out there. There, I could see a rack, silhouette of a rack up in the sky because it was so dark. I couldn't really hardly see the deer per se, but just the silhouette of it. But it was like, man, there's my opportunity right there. So I loaded my gun and all that, thinking there's no way a deer's going to hang around with me doing all this. But I was able to see enough where I could get the scope. I had to actually look up in the sky through my scope first, and I could bring the scope down and line it right up on the deer silhouette where I could tell where it was at and shot. And a friend of mine that I had dropped off, he texted me. He says, man, are you okay? I'm like, you know he just got to the blind. He just turned the Jeep off like 60 seconds ago, and he was imagining I was loading my gun, and it must have went off. Yeah. So I said, oh, I Lord. said, no, I saw a deer out here in front of my ground blind. He said, did you get it? I said, I don't know. <laughs> it was still too dark, so I just kind of sat there. And so a few minutes later, it got light enough I could see it, but it was a 10-point. So oh, I felt God. like I was robbed. Because, you know, part of the excitement is when you first see the deer and you start getting nervous because you see that 10-point rack. You didn't have any of that, yeah. Look at this thing coming in. It's like I had done shot it before I realized. It's like, oh, man, I I missed the excitement. I got robbed. Hey, you still got the deer, though. (laughs) Yeah, it turned out to be. I've noticed that, too, sometimes that that certain deer are actually curious enough that if you you kind of booger up a spot with sin or noise or something like that, Sometimes their curiosity will kill them. Oh, They'll yeah. come in and yeah. see what that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen that a few times. Well, look, guys, um, I don't want to hold you too long. Uh, this has been an amazing episode. I can't wait to see yeah. you know where this goes with y'all. And I appreciate you guys coming on here. Um, Wayne, your stories are hilarious. Uh, that <laughs> – no, uh, no, 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 it's D-Way. D-Way. Get it right. D-Way. Okay, sorry. D-Way. My bad. But uh, yeah, man, no, this has been good. We need to get you guys back on. Um, I'm very excited to see what Scout Tech's got going. Me and Ryan talked a little bit um, Sunday, and I know that him and JD talked as well. Um, we're just excited for y'all. We're excited to, you know, be having you guys come on and, and just watch y'all grow while we grow. And, and you know, I'm absolutely I'm ready, man. man. We want to we get y'all down here. And enjoy some. We, we'll do a big cookout or something like that. How was a big Scout Tech cookout? And have yeah. y'all come down and stay with us for a weekend. We can hang out and play some cornhole and shoot some bows, scratch our ass, and tell some lies. How about that? <laughs> sounds oh, good. Yeah. We'll make it oh, yeah. That sounds like hunting right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, y'all awesome come guys. Down we'll get you hooked up with some cameras and solar panels. You want to? Yeah. Oh, what? So what? When y'all come down, we'll get you hooked up with some cameras and solar panels. Hey, sounds good to me, man. I oh, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know I need those solar panels. <laughs> I guess my batteries are just terrible. We get, we get you one in the mail. Awesome. Well, I certainly you appreciate y'all having us on and, and taking the time to talk with us, man. This has been fun. Yeah, we enjoyed it. Yeah, man. We we love doing this and we love, you know, getting people on that, you know, believe in what we're doing and we believe in what you guys are doing. And and just like I said, it's like being at deer camp and just hanging out. We're just on computers. So we're going to have to make it happen where we actually do come down. Um, where are you guys at? Just out of curiosity. Near It's near Augusta, Georgia. Oh, so, dude, I was out there today. Yeah, that's right. Ron, you told me that. You, you guys are over in Evans, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, shoot, man, I'll be out there tomorrow morning. So, you know, really? if I have the time. <laughs> hey, hey, now. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Sorry, JD. But, yeah, man, that's you awesome. Pick, you, you got to pick far. mine up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'll shoot you guys a text. But, look, this has been awesome, and I really cannot thank you guys enough. Thank you so much for coming on. This this has been one of those episodes where it's just top five for sure. Oh, yeah. We appreciate it. Thank you All so right. much, man. Yes, sir. We appreciate you guys. Talk to you later. Later, buddy. Yep. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a good one. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. If you don't mind, go on Apple, go on Spotify, wherever you listen to this and give us a five-star review. It really helps out. And, you know, I just want to give all the glory and all the thanks to God. Without him, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. We wouldn't be able to do anything without him. So just needed to throw that out there. Thank you again for listening. And don't forget to give us a review.